1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer brought to you by Digitex managed print services to keep your printing costs down. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio
0: 630 Chad. Welcome back everybody. It's 1233 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer at a little home office. Brendan Escott. Manning the board at, uh, 6.30 Jet at the Chorus Studios, the city's south side. We will uh, tell you this, the guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates from Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 19990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. Into our top story for Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of no payments and no interest for one year. Having a bit of a discussion on potential options in terms of how edmonton can in uh, improve the team uh, this text comes in from the paddle boat really that's the handle the paddle boat bob are the Oilers going after aaron eckblad tell us what you know bob well what i know is they have a new general manager bill zito And if I was them, the one guy that would be non-negotiable would be Alexander Barkov, because he's a great first-line center. Uh, I will mention to you at this time that Aaron Eckblad is represented by Jeff Jackson, the same agent that has uh, won Connor McDavid. Camrose Flint has texted the show here. He says, Bob, the texter regarding McDavid and the cup, might be right if they'd settled at six million dollars each we probably have a cup by now and need a much better supporting cast and with their contracts that doesn't look doable at this time your thoughts my thoughts are the last two players that you can blame for the Oilers' inability to not make more noise in the playoffs uh or to have gotten the playoffs the two previous years and not got past the qualifier this year the last two players that you should be bl- uh, blaming in Edmonton, Connor McDavid and Leon Settle. Many of you were against the Settle contract when it started. He has far exceeded that. So too has, uh, frankly, McDavid. McDavid's been top two in the NHL scoring each of the last uh, four years. So not sure. Uh, you know what? I-, I guess that's what happens, right? Everybody's allowed to have an opinion. I have uh, guys that listen to the show on a daily basis It says you read too much text on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Doesn't work. Uh, you know, that you need to, to be a little bit more selective in that regard? Not sure. Uh, Kev texts the show to say, Bob, Aaron Eckblad over OEL all day long, younger, right-handed shot in good numbers. What would Florida realistically ask for It'd be a ton, I would think. I mean, it would, but I do believe that Florida is looking to potentially buy their team down a little bit. They don't have the same. Uh, let's put it this way: I, I don't think they have the same financial pressure as the Arizona Coyotes. I believe Arizona's financial challenges are really significant at this time. Fraser has texted the show to say uh, people keep talking about the possibility of Edmonton trading for OEL. I think that would be a massive mistake at his age with that contract. Well, that's out there. Uh, KS says, I would stay away from OEL. He's not Nick Littstrom. Does anybody think that they might be able to – Anybody think that bringing in a player of OEL's caliber might assist in the development of some of the orders other younger defensemen as well and slot players better? I guess it, it depends whether or not you've got OEL as a top 15 defenseman in the league, like a number one defenseman, or you don't. So we're going to circle that back, and we're going to bring aboard Louis debruss from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hi, Louis. How you doing? I'm doing good today, Bob. How are you doing? Oh, got off to a rocky start, but we're better now. So, uh, <laughs> what happened? Uh, I don't know. So, uh, anyhow, uh, hey, uh, I'm reading texts from all aspects, and I had uh, somebody said, Bob, that's uh, democracy and that's fair. That you texted. We had somebody text the show, Louie, and say that if the orders didn't have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, they might have won by now because they wouldn't have had so much money tied up in those two players. That's go- the stupidest thing I've ever
1: heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, I'm not even going to have to
0: finish a sentence. Yeah. It's all good. I, uh, you, you know, uh, like, hey, I work for the club. Okay, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. The i mean, reason talking about the best player that's come around, <laughs> like maybe in the history of the game potentially. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I know that's a long ways off, but I mean, what he's doing is just absolutely incredible. I'm talking about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, you know, has shown that he's a, you know, a supreme player in this league with back-to-back 100-point seasons and a 50-goal season is the Art Ross Trophy winner. You have two Art Ross Trophy winners on your team. Are you kidding me? In the last four years.
0: All right, so so here's what I would say, Louie. I work for the club, and I'm here to tell you, Nate, because of those two guys that the Oilers haven't won a cup, it's because, unfortunately, some decisions were made that squandered the (laughs) asset base that the Oilers had.
1: Hey, you know what, Bob? While you're at it, while you're at it, you should probably tell the Avalanche they should get rid of Nathan (laughs) McKinnon,
0: You know what? They should probably... Oh, but no, no. I think the point... The, I think the point of the text with with with, with the te- the texter would say, well, Nathan McKinnon's only making like six million a year, Louis. Yeah, just wait, just
1: wait. <laughs> I mean, uh, and- he put up like sixty point seasons There's a big difference there. If you look at his first three four years, he was not superstar status. His last three different story. So, yeah. I mean, he was paid probably what he should have been paid back then. But he's he's elevated his game to an extremely new level. He's now on an elite elite status. So yes. just wait till his next contract.
0: The last three years he's been a terrific player. In sixteen seventeen, when they had a real tough campaign, people were thinking, What's wrong with this guy? Like he's he's exactly. he's not, right. Uh Jay Jay has texted us uh, Louie and he says the McDavid and Dry Settle contracts are well within reason for what they returned, maybe even great value. The problem is they take the percentage that they take up of the cap and how it limits what we can surround them with. That needs entry-level players to have true impacts. My response, lad, Jay, is don't have $4.5 million in dead cap space.
1: I'll tell you what Good. my response to that is. My response to that is look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's not that much of a different percentage. When you look at Malkin, you look at Crosby, what they were taking up at the cap respectively at that time. Yeah, It's very similar, very close. And you know what? They found a way to build around those two players. They found a way to acquire, trade, um, sign undrafted players out of college. They had a knack for picking up players that stepped right into their lineup and did good things. So that's how you do it. You have to build around those players. You have to be smart. You have to be selective. And you have to have, obviously, a game plan in mind, which I have no doubt that Ken Holland does. And I know that uh, it was one year. One year it was already a, a big difference in improvement in this team. And uh, I'm sure he's going to work out the kinks even more. He's going to continue to work forward and build around those two
0: players. I'm actually surprised, Louie, on our text line, on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780 there haven't been more, more people text the show to say, that texter's out to lunch. Blaming the McDavid and Dry Settle contracts for the positions yeah. that Evidence. Like, I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised. Like, I'm the guy that works for the club, and I'm telling you, the organization squandered the assets that were. Re- rec- if you hold on to a 16 and 33 pick in 2015, th- and those guys stick, you've got yourself a, a couple younger players. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a pretty strong draft. Right, uh, you know, you, I, some would some would say you needed to just be a little bit more patient with Ryan Strom. I mean, he had a 59 point season this year. There was something there with that player, but the general manager at that time thought he knew Ryan Spooner better than Ryan Strom. Like, I'm well, I'm a little bit. Ta- I, I gotta tell you, and this has happened because we're having a conversation on Ekman Larson, and I get people are, and, and people are.
1: I think one thing you have to. And sorry to cut you off, Bob, but one of the things ahead. from you know when you look at it, Ken Holland, right? What did he do this year? He made immediate cuts right out of training camp. Edged it in stone. This is how it's going to be. It's how he did in Detroit for over, you know, what, three decades. You are going to earn your position here. You're going to earn your right to play for the Evan Tillers. And you and I I talked about Evan Bouchard. This guy needs a taste. I thought, you know, maybe bring him up, give him a few games, give him a little bit of a taste, let him know what it feels like, you know, kind of test the waters a bit, see how he does. But you know what? No. Play down the minors, you know, build up that – that credit, build up that experience, be ready when you step in to have an impact. And that's just how he's always done it. And if you want patience, he is going to have patience. He's going to make sure that when guys get their opportunity to step into the lineup, they're going to be ready to go. Now, I think the game has changed a little bit. There's no question about that. You're seeing more and more young players injected into the National Hockey League right out of junior, right out of college, and they're having impactful seasons right away out of the get-go. And that, I think, will start to happen, but it has to be the right time and the right place for a player to do that. Because you never want to bring a player, and look what happened to Paul Harvey. I mean, this whole thing with when yes, when yes at Pauly is because he wasn't ready to step into the National Hockey League. He wasn't ready to play at this level. Everybody thought he was because of how high of a pick he was. They shoved him in there. They continued to try and play him. Listen, he did fine, but how would he have done if he would have gone back to his hometown, home country and played the way he's playing right now for a few years and come over here chomping at the bit to take a spot? That would have been a different, different opportunity for him. I completely believe that would have been a different situation for him, and he would have stepped in with more confidence, number one, more maturity, probably less injuries, or he would have already have had injuries dealt with at that time to step in and be impactful. And this is, you know, for me, this is one of the reasons when Ken Holland was signed by the Edmonton Oilers, for me, I'm like, okay, listen, this is kind of what we need here. This is what this city needs for this hockey team. Like, is somebody to come in and not let the emotion and the pressure of the outside make him make decisions that he doesn't want to make. And that, to me, is the most important thing in this market. Um, that's, just, that's just my opinion. I look at that and I say, listen, you have to be patient. And as hard as that is to hear right now, This is the time, the most opportune time this organization has had for a long time with two elite superstars to build around. So you better do it right. And I have no doubt that that's exactly what Ken Holland is thinking right now. And the whole management group and coaching staff and ownership of the Edmonton Oilers is sitting here saying to themselves, we have a window here. Let's make sure we do this correctly.
0: John has texted us, Louie, patience, 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 no shortcuts, draft and develop. Another texter out of Edmonton says, Bob, the texter that suggests that McDavid's contract is an issue, that texter is an idiot. And another texter says, Bob, was that Mark Spector's ghost account that texted the show on McDavid a at Dryside? Even Mark wouldn't say that. I tell you, Bob, when, when, when the Oilers lost, I mean, I felt that
1: too. I live here in Edmonton. Listen, I'm calling the games. I live here in Edmonton. I know that was a very it was not a good thing for the city, for the organization, for the team. I know there was a lot of pressure there. But it was a unique situation, and I still to this day am amazed at what the players have put forth to this point in time. I really am. I, I'm just I'm amazed at what they had to endure and go through I don't think people really realize living in a bubble like that is not easy. Not easy at all. And I just think they've come out and they've given it their all, and there's been some some upsets, there's been some stories. I think it's been remarkable, but it was tough. It was a tough beat when Evanston lost in that first round, in the qualifying round to Chicago. I get it. I understand. I felt that. But at the same time, I don't think it's time to sit here and blow this thing up and be drastic. You have to still methodically go through the process of trying to make your team better in every position, in every way that you can, and of course for me, you're building around two superstars you're building around two guys that are elite players in this league Um, you just don't have that opportunity too often so I I don't think they're looking at this as they're looking at this as a huge opportunity is how I would think they would
0: look at it Louie, here's the thing. Uh, we live in a market where hockey's number one. The Oilers are in a different position long term than Arizona and Florida. Both those organizations have new GMs, and I made the point. I know 100% in Arizona's cases that the losses are way worse than they would normally be in any other year. Uh, Arizona and Florida are going to be shaving salary. They are. They stepped, uh, both teams went for it. It didn't work out. They're going to be shaving salary. So we brought up Ekman Larson and we brought up, uh, Aaron Eckblad. And that was kind of the genesis of the conversation. And then people like, you know, I think the response back was, "Well, you, you're you're already paying two guys twenty one million dollars. How do you take on one of those guys?" And I, I think it could be theoretically done. I think it'd be way easier to get Ekman Larson than Ekblad, uh, but it's it's going to be intriguing to know. People, are, here's another texter, Bob. People aren't responding because there's no point talking to an idiot. Maybe just block that guy so we don't have to hear the stupid ideas. We actually don't block texters. <laughs> Unless they get really verbally abusive. And then yeah, you know,
1: everybody has their opinion, and that's are yeah. fine,
0: um, but we just don't have to agree. We just yeah. don't have to agree.
1: And obviously we don't in this case.
0: No, no, I, and, and about 90% of the texters are disagreeing with the suggestion that you can't win with McDavid making 12.5. I mean, that's, that's this is a unique year, Louis. I mean, you're, you know, we'll get to the Dallas thing in a second, but look at Tampa Bay. I mean, they got a $9 million player in Stamkos not playing the entire playoffs, but, incredible. They, but they built so much depth around their team, and yep. they gave up some assets in the future. Uh, you know, they now, they traded a number one, or got a number one for JT Miller, so they technically had two number ones, which allowed them to move a number one for Barkley Goodrow this year and a number one for Coleman next year, so they've paid the price a bit, but bottom line here is Uh, finding a way to build some depth was the key for them and that's what you're suggesting with Ken Holland give him some time to build some depth
1: 100% well then because of that depth and because of where they were they understood that that was the time to make those types of moves and sacrifice a bit of the future to win now. And look where they are. Like, let's not kid ourselves. They are the favorite. They're the favorite going into this one, even though it's 3-2 with the New York Islanders and they got out a big win. And I think there was a little drop-off in the Lightning's game a bit. But Braden Point will most likely be injected back in either tonight or the next game. And, they're a deep team when is steven Stamkos coming back we're not sure but what i'm saying is because of that depth in their organization they've been able to weather some crucial key injuries because of that depth and uh it was it was an opportune time to go out and make those acquisitions to go for a push they've been there before a couple of years ago they were in the stanley cup final um they want to do it again you know this is something they they want to try and and do again and win this thing this is their window right now for the evans and Oilers, i look at it and i say listen They need to do the same thing. They need to build up the assets, build up the depth to a point where then they can go out and and sacrifice some of the future to try and bring in players that are going to help now and that might be a year it might be two years down the road i'm not sure exactly when that is going to be but you don't want to do it too early because if you do you're just putting yourself behind the eight ball again to try and have to rebuild back to that position once you're at that position then it's time to go for it and listen you'll know it when it's time because they'll be right there i saw a huge improvement this year under dave tippett uh, penalty kill power play five on five they battled harder Uh, They were a different team to play against. Yes, it was a roller coaster ride. I understand that. It always is when you're trying to find that identity, when you're trying to find that structure. Completely understand that. Uh, I think if the season would have finished, I think they would have been top three easily in their division, and they would have walked into the playoffs and maybe had a little bit of a different outcome with that under their belt. It didn't work out. It's a scratch. It's done. But moving forward, I still think that the game plan is the same. They have to build from within. They have some good key young players that are potentially going to break through in the next couple of years. And we'll see what happens there. And, and then, you, then you, every single year, you're, you're kind of evaluating and trying to find out what you can add to the mix to try and make it a little bit better here. Who can you pick up in free agency? Who can you sign maybe as a, someone that was undrafted and overlooked? You're always looking for those gems to come in and maybe jump into your lineup. Um, That's going to be the work of the scouting staff and the management group to try and find players like that to jump right in and have an impactful um, first season. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And then you're now another step further into maybe being in a position where you can make those moves to win
0: now. Uh, the are suggested that... Uh McDavid and Drysettle took too much money, and I've already addressed that McDavid gave the Oilers a break on his deal. Drysettle got paid. He did. And this texter, Ken, says, Bob, how would the Players Association respond if McDavid took $6 million, as the texter suggested? It basically sets the bar for everybody. 100% Louie. I mean, that's a good point by Ken. Like, there, there's also a responsibility on the player and the agent to think, like, they look at the $12.5 million per year and go, that, you know what, that's that's fair, that's a good deal for the owners, but it's fair enough for the PA. If he sat there and took six so they could sign two more players, come on. That's not happening. That's not.
1: Well, yeah, you know what, I uh, you just don't see that happen. You see hometown discounts, no question about it. You see players take less to stay in their respective team, but not that much less. Yeah. That's just my opinion on it. I understand what he's saying, yes. And maybe a little bit down the road, if you are in a position to sign a two-year, three-year deal, this is a young player coming out of his entry deal that they wanted to lock up. They felt over the long term that price was going to be adequate for him, and I believe he could have probably got more. There's no question he could have got more. I I think that he could have really played hardball. He's the best player in the game. Um, You know, he had a 100-point season in his second season. In an era when it's the the toughest to put up points, in my opinion, in the National Hockey League, it started to come back around a little bit. We saw a little spike in offense this year. But this is a difficult league, as you're seeing in the playoffs, when teams want to shut things down with the goaltenders, the size they are, the skill they have. This is not an easy league to score goals, and this is not an easy league to manufacture offense. You have to really work for it, and you have to be really, really skilled to put up 100-point seasons like Dreisaitl and McDavid have done. There's just no question about that. Those are elite players in the most elite league in the world. Um, they're at the top. Like That's pretty impressive. So... I think that people just need to look at that and just let people do their work, let people understand and try and get a grasp of what they need. Um, Ken Holland comes from a winning background in Detroit. He comes from a winning organization where they did things a different way, and I'm sure he's going to try and put his mark on this. He's done a few things that have worked, a few things that haven't worked, and he's going to continue to try and tinker with that until he finds a good mix and gets this organization into a position where they can go for it.
0: And I'm just going to throw one more at you, Louis. Here, we we brought up Nate McKinnon. Uh, he got the, his seven-year extension at 6.3 million, started in 2016-17. His two years before that, Louis. Yep. In 14-15, he 50 had 30, 53, 38 points in 64 games. There you go. Then he had 52 points in 72 yeah. games. Like he had worse numbers than Nugent Hopkins did uh, in those two years. Yep. Th- then the year that they were terrible, 16-17, one of the worst teams in the last 20 years, 53 points in 82 games, minus 14. So he Connor s- McDavid was coming off back-to-back right, ross trophies. Yeah, like, like, understand? There's a huge difference, Louis. We only got a minute left. Are you as stunned that Dallas got it done in five as I was against Vegas? I was, yes. I think that um,
1: I didn't see that coming, to be honest with you. I I honestly thought Vegas was going to give them a very difficult time, which I think they did. When you look at the games, uh, it's one of those odd, odd series where I think if you were to have watched those those games and Vegas was to come out and win the Series 4-1, you'd go, okay, I understand. They did enough to win it and I think they did do enough to win it, and that's probably going to be the hardest pill for them to swallow is that I think that they dominated and controlled play for the majority of that series. Game one, Dallas came out in the first period. That was the most dominating period that I saw them play in the playoffs. They were incredible in game one. They were fantastic, especially in the first and second period. I'd say about halfway through the second, a little bit later in the second, they started to drop off, and they just started to play their game into the third period, but they won that game one nothing, and I mean, even with all that offensive output they put fourth it was a one nothing game and a tight game you look at the games they won the one goal games were won by the Dallas Stars every single one of them they got great goaltending they're a tremendously defensive team they I call it the armadillo armadillo they collapsed they went into a shell they blocked shots they kept everything to the outside made it very difficult to get to the inside because they're a big team I understand all of that but Vegas has to look at this and say, wow, we did a lot of really good things, and we probably could have had a lot of different results in those games if things just would have bounced their way. They didn't get the bounces. It just was meant to be. I, I know that's hard to say that because you always feel like there's a way they could have adjusted or made something different. I thought they played a really great series. I really did. I thought they were aggressive. They were attacking, and Dallas just was opportunistic. But that's the way they can play the game, and that's how they win. Um, you know, it's, it's – you know – it's not a coincidence, in my opinion, you and I have talked about this, that Ken Hitchcock has had his had his fingerprints over both the teams, number one, the St. Louis Blues last year that won the Stanley Cup and this year that are going to the Stanley Cup finals in Dallas. Um, they're a big, hard team to play against that can shut things down, doesn't need to score a ton of goals to win. Um, there's no there's no coincidence there that Ken Hitchcock kind of has his fingers in on this. And I remember last year him saying the St. Louis Blues were going to be a difficult out the Dallas Stars were going to be a difficult out and we're seeing that again this year where Dallas has really come into their own and they're on a real nice run, but I did not see a 4-1 series win for the Dallas Stars, we thought it was going 7 for sure and you know what Um, just not the case, didn't happen
0: Hey Louie, we always appreciate you having uh, having, uh, the time to join us on the show Uh, are you going to take a little bit of time off here coming up, going out of town for a
1: deer, I'm heading to the woods my friend, you know me it's prime time season right now for uh, chasing
0: clippers in the woods, and that'll be what I'm doing. So you use the uh, you use the bow, right? Yep. All right. Have fun, Louie. Enjoy your time. All right, bud. 1257 in Edmonton. Let's go to a couple texts. This one comes in out of Edmonton. Bob, the keyboard Oiler GMs think it's easy to trade for stud number ones, but they don't understand that. There are only so many number one defensemen in the legitimate top six for needs the market is limited as to who's available also they may have a no trade uh may need to waive it and not have interest in moving their family the orders have cap issues and the orders have significant dead uh money issues there are so many variables that uh plugged in it stands that it's going to be very stands to reason it's going to be very hard uh, for holland to execute something um Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. 12.58, we've run right into the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Coming up at one oh five today for Canadian Power Pack, Brian Burke. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.